You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 508. Guys, if you send out mail and someone calls you weeks after that they received it, those are your hottest leads if someone's willing to hold on to a 37-cent postcard. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. You're listening to another episode here at Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffine, and I'll be today's host. And today I am super excited about the guest we have. But before we get to our guest, let me make sure everyone that's here with us today understands what we're going to be doing, talking about. We're going to be talking about a little game called wholesaling real estate. And wholesaling real estate is just simply the art of finding deeply discounted properties that you can then put under contract at a discount. And ultimately, the exit strategies are endless, but you can make, if you can learn to be a great deal finder, you can learn with not having much money, without being a licensed realtor, without being an expert, how you can make a fortune in real estate. So today, we're going to be breaking one of those methods down as we have our guest, Avery Smith, who is from St. Louis. He got into wholesaling back in 2018 and in about March of 19, did his first deal. And that's when it went from faith to fact and since then has done 15 deals. But the reason why we have him on the podcast today is because he is a heart of gold. This guy serves each and every one of his sellers at such a high level that I wanted to make sure we brought on Avery today so that you guys can realize this game is not much about real estate. It's about being a problem solver and serving people at a high level. And the byproduct is you can get a home at a deep discount. So pull out a piece of paper, get a pen, and get ready to jot down some gold nuggets. Because again, one of my favorite individuals that we've been going back and forth through Instagram chats and Facebook chats is now on the podcast to share his gold nuggets with you so you can get out there, get out of your own way, and get your first deal to make money in real estate and hopefully quit your job. So let's get going. Avery, my man, how in the heck are you doing? I'm blessed, Cody. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm so excited. I'm doing great. And I'm excited that you're here. Just recently, you put out a post that I absolutely loved. And I don't want to give away the, the whole details because we're going to be talking about the breakdown of this deal. And that's what intrigued me. I'm like, I got to get this guy on. I, I've got to get him on. Like he did something unique. He did something special. And then just hearing your, your background before we got uh, pushing record on this and you're just sharing kind of just your whole story with your family and everything. It's just like, gosh, this is going to be a great, great episode. So guys, I'm telling you, get ready, Rhino Nation, for this podcast. So Avery, tell us a little bit about yourself and ultimately what got you into wholesaling real estate. All right, guys. Uh, my name is Avery Smith. I'm 42 years old, father of two. I have a nice girlfriend. We've been together for 16 years. Uh, I work for United Airlines. Well, I'm in the airline industry. So uh, I've been there for about 10 years. So uh, having a union-based job, you know, the salary scale pretty much reaches the ceiling and then you get capped. So I was looking for something for extra income or something else to transition to. I didn't really didn't want to start from ground zero at another company just to get another pension or another 401k going. So my best friend, who is a, is a realtor down in Pensacola, Florida, his name is Barry. He works for uh, Keller Williams. And he's like, hey, man, why don't you get your real estate license? And I was like, nah, I really don't want to do that. He's like, yeah, 
you end up giving all your money away like I do. He said, but you know. <laughs> hey, why don't you get into the shark tank? But wait a second. Yeah, you'd be giving away all your money like I do. Oh, he was like, hey, man, you know what? There's a thing called wholesale and real estate. I'm like, wholesale and real estate? He's like, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Wholesale is like pretty much you're the middleman or something. I'm like, how do you wholesale real estate? He goes, oh, my God. You're not familiar with that term? He goes, dude, I do real estate and I wholesale real estate. I'm like, well, all right. I'm all ears. He goes, well. It's better if you just listen to this podcast versus me tell you. So he, <laughs> he sent me a podcast with you and Tom. I mean, you, the energy you guys have was just crazy. I'm like, man, are you serious? But I listened to like episode like 137 or 138. And then from there on, I was I had to go all the way back to episode one. Every play back and get caught back up. But that's how I got introduced to the game, man. That is fantastic. Well, thank you for giving a shout out to the podcast. This is kind of our baby. We love letting this podcast just serve people. And I hope it's served people at a high level. And I, I, I'm glad to hear that it served you. So let's get going into this. You got into real estate, but just listening to the podcast, was that enough? Was that something that you're like, oh man, I listened to the podcast and all of a sudden I just went out there and started taking action. Like what got you to be able to go out there and just trust yourself to just go out there and start failing your way forward? But to be honest, I did exactly that, failed my way forward. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm, I'm taking... <laughs> bits and pieces of what I can do and try to formulate a plan and make it happen. So I got my armrest in my truck was just full of scratch papers of this, that, and the other from podcasts. And I'm trying to create my own methods of the madness. <laughs> so I'm Did everyone just sit there whenever they came in your car and opened up to look for like a napkin? They're like, what the crap is going in in this armrest? What do you, what notes are you taking here? <laughs> Let me tell you this here. My, my wife, girlfriend, Adrian, she was like, uh, Avery, what is all this paper? I'm like, honey, <laughs> We're going to make it happen. Don't you worry about it. She goes, but wait a minute. You just got a bunch of gibberish scribbled down. She's like, can you even read it? I was like, well, no, I'm on the move writing down addresses. So I got to get them quick and go to the next one. She goes, nah, you need to slow down, really. She's like, you're driving yourself crazy with this. She goes, there's got to be something better than just writing down phone numbers and addresses from people that you get and talking to people. You got to get a plan. You got to get a strategy. So I dug deeper and then I found the program. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, let's go into this. You get a deal March of 2019. Since then, you've done 15 deals. Now let's just go right into like the meat and potatoes of this that everyone's waiting for. And let's just talk about this recent deal that you did. And what I'd like you to do is really slow it down and take us right to the beginning. Where did you find this lead? Like what list did it come from? And what kind of marketing channel did you use to get in connection with this this lead? I used direct mail and I used the Tom Crow list. I had no idea what kind of equity. I didn't have no idea what kind of a spectrum was being put into this list. But, you know, I got the list, I acquired it, and then I used uh, the postcards and sent it out. So you get out there, you get a list, you get the postcards, you start sending it out. How much mail are you sending out to like get a good response rate? Like, are you sending out 20 a week, 100 a week, 1,000 a week? What does that look like? I did a uh, 2,800 mail piece for a 10-week span. So I was mailing out 280 pieces every Thursday. Every So here's the key thing, guys. Notice the question I ask and notice that I am like smiling. Well, you don't notice. You can't see me. But <laughs> I'm smiling from ear to ear because here's the thing. He is sending out mail weekly, weekly, weekly. Guys, mail, mail still works for all those that say mail is dead. God bless you because all the other people that are staying forward and staying consistent with mail are getting those deals. 
Direct mail is amazing. In fact, we have a, a big team. I don't know if you've used them enough. You may want to consider here in the near future. But if you go over to openlettermarketing.com forward slash R-E-F-F, that will get you into our portal where you can use the Tribe Postcard, get our pricing, and ultimately use a third-party vendor, the Mailhouse, to get our pricing and a service that you're going to absolutely love. So again, that's openlettermarketing.com forward slash R-E-F-F. But let's go forward, Avery. So you send out postcards, 280 pieces a week, and you do this for 10 weeks. How far into that campaign before it was like, oh, I'm talking to someone that could be motivated? I think it was maybe second mail drop, actually, because uh, the lady that called me, what we did that we just closed, uh, she said she held on to the, the card for a little bit. Oh, so this is even better news, guys. I'm going to keep, you're already sharing all this wisdom that I have to like break it down to make sure everyone understands. Guys, if you send out mail and someone calls you weeks after that they received it, those are your hottest leads if someone's willing to hold on to a 37 cent postcard. So this individual holds onto the postcard, reaches out to you. What was it about the conversation that let you know that there was some motivation here, that there was something that may have been going on in her life that you could possibly be a, a problem solver for or a solution for? Well, she said she had gotten several postcards, but she said she liked the way I ended mine with thank you and God bless. Oh. So she put it on the refrigerator for a while. She's a dental hygienist. She kept working for a little bit. And then it got crunch time because she had to be at a specific location at a specific time. Mm -hmm. She really didn't know what to do. She didn't want to use a realtor because she didn't want to have to deal with all the showings at the time of convenience. Yeah. So she she gave me a call and I told her what I could do for her as far as like, you know, hey, let me just come out, have a conversation with you and see you know what we can do. And then I'll do my best to help you out. Yeah. And you go out there. So I'm assuming... You're here in the situation. You're like, let me see what I can do to help out. You just knew there was some kind of motivation, right? You're more now that you're just like going out there to see if you can just solve problems at this point. Yeah, because the fact she told me she had to be at a specific location, no matter what, by a specific time. Yeah. I, there couldn't be any more motivation than that. Yeah, that is like the one you go on. So guys, notice that Avery didn't say, oh, I went on this appointment because it's a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, and three-bedroom, two-bathrooms are just amazing in St. Louis. Had nothing to do with real estate had nothing to do with that the roof was in bad shape, had nothing to do with that it was in a great neighborhood, simply that there was motivation of some sort. The individual needed to be out of this place by a certain date, and they didn't want to deal with the real estate agent doing all the showing. So you go out there. What do you do on something like that? Like, what is a typical process for you? You show up to the door. So many people will almost like buckle up, like, uh, what do I do? Like, am I going to make a mess of this? Am I going to, am I ever going to be good at this? What do you do when you show up to appointment that allows you to just kind of do your thing and be able to connect with individuals so you get contracts? Well, the simple fact that uh, I've done a deal before with a realtor. So I brought my friend Jamila out there with me just to give the lady an extra, extra strategy if that's what she wanted to use. Because mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was going to be the best option for her or not. I just knew that she needed help. So I wanted to bring all my resources I had to the table. So we all sat down and she told me that, hey, you know, my daughter has special needs and she's got to be at a school in August and I really need to get this house sold. And she goes, I've never even sold a house before. I've lived here for 16 years. I got divorced. And I have better options for my child succeeding in school down in, um, I think it was Arkansas. So she said, you know, I seen your card. It stood out way beyond everybody else's because everyone else says, hey, we close cash, fast cash. She just heard fast, fast, fast on everything else. And she goes, when I read your card and it said, thank you, God bless. I just knew I had to give you a call. 
Oh man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you go through this place. It was the home in disrepair or was it just strictly the situation? I have to laugh because I have no, I had no idea what I was walking into when I pulled up to the house of uh, the front porch. Me being an ocean inspector from the airline industry, I wouldn't have walked on that porch. It, it was pretty bad. Wow. Uh, you, all the wood was weathered and everything like that. It was kind of teetering. There was junk and clutter all over the place. The grass was high. It, it looked like nobody lived there. I'm not trying to judge by the way this young lady lived, but it's a simple fact. She was a single parent and she's gone 16 to 18 hours out the day. And her son, you know, he didn't know how to cut any grass and her daughter was special needs. So it was pretty much just, you know, how they could live. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't cast any judgment or anything. I just pretty much just went in and knocked on the door and said, Hey, my name is Avery and this is Jamila. You know, uh, do you mind if we come in and talk about how we can help you? And she invited us in. Man, that is fantastic. So you go out there, you find a way to serve her at a high level. And ultimately what was it that made them made this individual go with you? How were you able to get the home under contract? Was it a lot of time being there at the house? Was it something that happened pretty quick where she just felt like, oh my gosh, no, you're the answer. Let's do it. Let's put it under contract. Or did you have to work the lead for a long time? What did that look like? It was pretty really laid back. It felt, the atmosphere was really calm. I just sat down and talked to her and I, get, I get, went over what I'd done. I told her, I said, I pretty much get properties at a discounted rate. And I just pretty much try to take myself out of the equation. She goes, well, what do you mean by a discounted rate? I said, well, the thing about it is you can list with Jamila here and you can go ahead and put it on the MLS, but you might not meet your expected time. So I said, sometimes, you know, you trade your equity for time and convenience. And that's where I come in. But, you know, I said, I don't know if I'm the best option for you. So, you know, you could do the traditional method of putting on the MLS or you can go with me, which is an investor. And I said, mind you, I'm not moving my family here. I said, you know, there may have to be some spread, but better yet, we're not even going to talk about money right now. I said, just let me know what's going on and let me know what kind of time frame I have to help you. And then we can just worry about numbers later. So yeah. She just told me exactly what the situation was. And uh, I said, um, well, the thing about what we can do is I have no idea what the comps are for your property. I said, we can run comps. And then in the next maybe five to 12 hours, I said, because it's in the evening time now, I said, I, I get up pretty early and I'm assuming you get up pretty early being a dental hygienist. I could have a number for you because she had no idea what she, what she was dealing with. She mm-hmm. knew what she paid for. And then she goes, well, let me stop you right here. You don't have to do any comps. She goes, I just want the house gone. I owe an X amount. I just want that amount. And then I'm fine with that. Wow. So she was ready to move. She knew she needed to meet a time frame, And so much that she was willing to say, hey, I know what I owe. I just need that out of it so that I can move on to plan B. So you put this under contract. Were you even hesitant at that point? Like when she tells you the price, were you like, ooh, that could be a deal? Or were you like, I hope it's a deal? I pretty much just put the pen to the paper and said, this is the number that she needs. And I said, let's let's make it work. Okay. So you you go out there. I love this. The reason I asked this question is because you never said, well, I took time before I went out there and all the cops were this, this, this. Many people don't take action because they're too busy like comping the property and they're just finding these comps and finding comps and I'll get questions all the time. Like, Hey, what's my maximum allowable offer? And I'm like, don't go with one. Otherwise you're just going to always build up to that point. Like the name of the game is just see how cheap you can get it at what price you can get it. And so I love the fact that you didn't do comps. I love the fact that you're like, Hey, I get it. You're just want this. And so we're going to put it in a contract and we're going to see what we're going to do. So from there, what did you do? Well, we put it under contract and then I went home and I was like, okay, I have to help this lady. I really need to know what I'm going to do. So I started racking my brain. I was like, well, I could do the traditional, um, you know, 
run the investors through or I could double close. So I looked at the comps and I see the numbers were pretty fair, but I had no idea was hiding behind. I didn't know exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out a way to get this property inspected. So I asked her, I said, would you mind if we just gave it a shot to put it on the MLS? She goes, well, how do we do that? And then I spoke to my investor, my real estate friend. She goes, well, yeah, we could put it on the MLS as as this property. And we could see what kind of numbers people throw at us. And then, you know, we might get an inspection out of it because they might buy it. So um, we put it on the MLS. And how we did that was we had a a contingency form. You know, the seller gave me permission to list on the MLS for X amount. So we did that. And then we had maybe two or three showings and the feedback was just horrible. Yeah. It was just really horrible. So you're now, what are you doing at this point? Are you like fretting, sweating, thinking, oh my gosh, I want to help this lady, but I don't know if there's much room here. You know, I spoke to her. I said, you know, you've been in your property for 16 years and you yourself, you said you didn't do any maintenance to it. I said, the investors that we hit, we really, they really weren't showing any interest. But I said, you know what? Let me just go ahead and do a couple email blasts to some guys that I know. I said, and then we could probably see what happens. But other than that, I said, the ball game is, is on me. I said, I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to give you my best. And then sure enough, I did an email blast and I got a hedge fund to come through and they wanted to take a look at it. Nice. So one person, not multiple hands, one person says yes. Yeah. Okay. Because everybody else that looked at it, they were like, they were, they really, really wanted to go way beneath what she owed. Yeah. Like they wanted to go like, you know, super, super low. And I was like, she's a single parent of two. She's got to move. There's no way she could even bring money to the table. I said, this, yeah. that's, that's not an option. Yeah. 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 So this hedge fund comes in. What did you put under contract at first and foremost? I got it under contract for 47,000. 47,000. Okay. And then this hedge fund comes in. What did that look like? Did you mark it up? 5,000, 2,000, 1,000. What did that look like? And what did the hedge fund ultimately put under contract for? I put my, I put it all on the table. I said, man, the deals that I do, I do open HUDs. So you're going to see everything anyway. I said, look, the lady just needs to get out of this deal. She needs to move. I said, I don't even care if I make 500 bucks. He goes, well, how about this here, man? I think I'll write you an offer for uh, 52. Wow. So, yeah, he wrote me an offer for 52,000. So, so that- 52,000, you put under contract at 47. He's like, hey, what a cool hedge fund guy, by the way, that he did that versus just saying, yeah, I can get you $500. Like he yeah. comes in, hears that you're just here at the servant heart, trying to serve this lady at a high level, which kudos to you, not many do. And then he sets it for 5,000 more than what you put under contract for. So walk us through. Is that what you end up making on this deal was 5,000? Nope, nope. You know what? I took myself out of the deal because she's a single parent too. I have a special needs son myself. My son Aiden is on the autism spectrum. You know, I, I got a decent job. You know, I'm not making that, that bad of a living. You know, I've been doing deals. I got money put up. So I just said, you know what? I can just walk away with the, with the money I've spent. Because mind you, I called Wedding Hunter got junk. You know, I'm getting stuff moved out of the house to make it more presentable and everything for when people come through. Yep. So I took um, maybe about 900 out of my own pocket. Uh-huh. So uh, I spent the 900 bucks getting the grass cut. You know, Wedding Hunter got junk, came through and removed a whole bunch of items. So it was $5,000 over. I said, you know what? I'll be fine with just making 1900 I just gave it at 1900 bucks, And I even told her that. She goes, you mean to tell me you're going to let me walk away with, with the overage? I said, well, yeah. She goes, well, I thought your interest in here was to make money. I said, well, here, you have to move and you need money to move. I said, right. and you got a deadline. I said, so why not? She goes, you mean to tell me that you got my property low and you got a gap to where you can make some money, but you just want a little bit over your money back? I said, well, yeah. I said, I get the experience out of this for one. And for two, I'm doing a great service to you. And mind you, to be funny, as she's clearing stuff out in her house, I see a yearbook. It's Lebanon High School. 
this woman went to high school with my aunt and I didn't even know it. Oh, wow. I swear to God, she went, she went to school with my aunt. And that really, really made me, you know, that let me know, like, hey, no matter where you're at in this business, just give your graces to God. Don't sit there and try to take advantage of anybody because you never know who they know. This is really cool. But here's, I think, which is awesome. You had the opportunity to make 5000 You yeah. say, nope, if I made this, I'll be great. I'm going to give you the rest. But I think this is where the story gets interesting. And this is what I saw when you did that Facebook post. And I thought this was incredible. What took place? Well, first and foremost, you know what's coming before we talk about that. I, I, that we're going to break that here in a second. But I want to do something that's traditional on this podcast for you. And that is the fact that you had a win for you. You made it more than a win for the seller. And for that, my friend, I want to ring the victory bell for Avery Smith. So hold on one second. Yes. All right. So you, my friend, with the servant's heart, could have made more money, but you found a way that you just said, nope, I want to help this person. You find out she goes to school with the aunt, but I think there's something unique to this story that I think is worthy of sharing. What took place after the closing? All right, we closed on July 16th. So this is really recent. I mean, even during COVID, you know, we had our own little strategies of looking at the house. You know, we came in with booties and gloves and our respirators on and everything. Yep. So mind you, COVID does bring deals. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But anyway, she got to her destination and I get this letter in the mail because she had gotten my address from a previous text that she had had. She goes, Avery, what's your address? And I said, oh, okay, I'll give her my address. She goes, I'm going to send you something. So I'm thinking, you know, it might be. Thank you. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm not even worried about it. So I'm like, all right, cool. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. It turned out to be a check for twenty three hundred and ninety six bucks. Man, what was the note attached to it that made you be like, wait, why is she sending me twenty three hundred and two thousand three hundred ninety six bucks? It had these little post-its on it. It said, Avery, you have created such a great journey for me in my life, and you've added so much value. Her keyword, she said, value. She goes, I'm forever. Thank you for the rest of my life. Thank you. And it said her name at the bottom of it. Oh my gosh. That is so, so cool. By the way, in the time that I've been doing this is since uh, May of 2015, I've never heard this story where a seller comes back and says, hey, you've done something so much for me that I want to help you out and give back to you. And you, you are the one sharing the story. And I thought that was the reason why if there's anyone out there listening thinking, how do you win in this game? You win in this game when you make sure your sellers win. It's a win-win situation. It's not a win-lose. It's not a takeaway. It's not a take advantage. It's serving people at a high level, solving their problems. And the byproduct is you can get homes at a deep discount, but you went further than that. You said, sure. you know what? I don't need much money on this. If I just made this, I'll be great. And she mm-hmm. had some money to move as well. And she ends up sending you some back anyway. So Avery, I want to thank you for sharing the story. The story rings so true to me and rings so true to so many listeners. Here's what I always like to do when ending the podcast. I always like asking two questions. You're probably like, I already know what these are. I've listened to every podcast. (laughs) But if you had young Avery back at the very beginning stages, what would you tell someone that's just at the beginning stages? If you were at the beginning stages, what's the advice you would give yourself that either you wish you would have done or what you wouldn't have done? Like some kind of advice that knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself if you're at the beginning stages? 
I would have told myself at the beginning stages to join Hosting Monique a lot sooner than I did instead of having big stacks of paper in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> and make your girlfriend question, like, is he writing me a poem? Like, what's going on in here? I'm serious, man. <laughs> my truck was a mess man, with all that paper all over the place. <laughs> but seriously, though, because, you know, the simple fact that I joined the tribe, it got me organized, it got me structured, it got me confident, and then I had a great support team that was like, hey, we've been exactly where you've been at before and we know you can do it because why we've done it. So I had no choice but to believe in myself and in the program. That's fantastic. But I think the fact that you had confidence yourself to get out there and fail your way forward is the is the icing on the cake that everyone needs to hear. You had confidence to trust the process. Imperfectly go out there, fail your way forward till you got your first deal. And now you've done about 15 deals total, which is amazing. Second question, what book have you recently read or listened to on Audible that would be something that would be game-changing for any of us to listen to or to read? Besides the uh, the four laws of spiritual laws of prosperity, you know, this is mandated. Yeah. I just finished reading up The Principles by Ray Dalio. Oh, great book. What did you like about Principles? Man, you know what? It just gave me a more disciplinary train of thought. You know, despite having, you know, the modulistic instructions on what to do, now you have a book that's actually saying, hey, you know what? You really you really don't have to be perfect. You just need to have a method. And once you got that method, just keep doing it over and over and over and over and you'll be fine. That is so good. That is so good. Man, so two great things. If it was at the beginning, just in, in general, seek mentorship, seek guidance. Yes. And then the second one is Principles by Ray Dalio. Well, here's what I have, Avery. A huge thank you for the time that you have been on this podcast. I know you could be with family right now. I know you could be with your son that could use your time right now. I know you could be with your girlfriend that could use your time right now. You could be out with sellers, but I appreciate you that you take the time away to share this because I know there's going to be a lot of individuals that are going to be inspired. I know there's going to be a lot of individuals that are going to be motivated to get out there and start taking action because they heard your story. So I thank you so much for being on the show today. I owe it all to you guys because I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you all. You know, I'm giving back to you guys because you guys have given me so much. I mean, the simple fact that I've joined a tribe, I've got more time with my family. I definitely have my confidence level is definitely up there in wholesaling. And the simple fact is, you know, I'm providing a service that, you know, needs to be done out here. And I owe it all to you guys. You guys are great. You're a rock star. Thank you so much. And for those that are listening today, thank you as well. I know you have some things that you could be doing today. I hope you guys are safe. I hope you're well during all this COVID-19. And if you need help, much like how Avery was saying, and you're wanting to jump in and you're looking for that guidance, you can get out of your way, get your first deal, make money in real estate, and hopefully do exactly what Avery did. Quit your job. Head on over to wholesalinginc.com where you can then book a call and get well on your way to doing deals of your own. Get on a call with either myself or someone from my team so you can begin to see what it looks like. And we would be honored to walk you through, lead and guide you, walk beside you like we did with Avery. But thank you so much for being with us, guys. God bless each one of you. Avery, thank you so much. God bless you and your family as well. And we look forward to seeing each one of you on the next episode. Take care. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.